Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. Well, first of all, I'm glad you're here this afternoon. Um, welcome those that are watching online. And the cross, which we celebrated last week, the resurrection of Jesus, provides us so many blessings. So many blessings. And today, I want to touch on those as we begin this series on what the cross offers you and I. I think for so many of us, we get so used to coming to church and, and we meet and greet and we fellowship and that's great and that's something that we need to do, as, especially as we get into a healthier stage. But one of the things that we need to always be mindful of is the price that Jesus paid on the cross. Yeah. It's so easy to forget that because it happened such a long time ago. And we can think that, well, Lord, I'm all right. I'm just a, I'm an okay person. I'm not as bad as that person over there or this person over here. But it's never been about comparing ourselves to anybody. All of us here are sinners. And the cross is what saves us from sin. Amen? So I want to talk to you about the fact that the cross has given us these spiritual blessings. The, The sacrifice of Jesus on the cross provides us redemption It provides us justification, salvation, and freedom. Those are just some of the items, some of the things that that God gives you through the cross. It allows us to see the power and work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Once you receive Jesus, once you took those first steps towards Jesus and said a prayer of repentance, wherever it may have been, it could have been in a church, it could have been in your home, it could have been in a car, Jesus was reaching his hand out just as he was in that video to the tax collector. And he grabbed a hold of your hand the moment you reached out to him. And because of that, you are now able to receive these blessings. I believe that when Jesus went to the cross, he had your faces on his mind. I believe that with all my heart, he had your faces, your children's faces, your grandchildren's faces on his mind. He had them when he went to the cross. If you have your Bible, I want you to turn to the book of Romans, chapter 6. Romans, chapter 6, and I'm going to read the majority of this chapter. So it's quite a bit of text for you to follow through with me on. It's verses 1 through 18, Romans, chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. It says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. And how can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in death like his... We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died once for all, excuse me, because anyone, um, I just lost my place. I'm going to read again in verse 9. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. 
but the, the life he lives, he lives to God. Verse 11, in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey? Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. And the final verse, verse 18, you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. You have been set free and no longer have to sin. Let me just repeat that again because I think we fail to grasp that, the meaning of that. You have been set free and no longer have to sin. I, I remember as a, as a young adult choosing to sin, choosing to do whatever I wanted to do anytime I wanted to do it because I wanted to do it. Nobody could tell me otherwise, right? And uh, I didn't know it at that time, but I was in bondage. I couldn't not stop sinning. I couldn't not uh, be obedient to the ways of God because I was in bondage. I was a slave to sin, and so were you. When I was a young boy, and I've shared this before, I got into all kinds of trouble all the time. I was the one getting all the spankings. It's something about the oldest one, right? You got to be the example for the rest of the family. You got to be, the, and we're the ones that always get in trouble, or at least everybody's always saying, it was, it was Rick, it was Rick. But it was, it was me. And I lost track of how many times I got spanked. I seriously could not tell you. It, it was dozens of times I got spanked. It wasn't once or twice. But never once did a spanking ever deter me from doing wrong. Right? And that's why you look at today's lives or today's um, climate. People aren't scared away because of a death penalty. Sin is sin. People that are going to murder are still going to murder. A uh, 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 penalty is not going to discourage them. Can I get an amen? amen. And, and so when I was growing up, spankies never deterred me. And I got spanked with a belt. Belts don't feel good on the legs, okay? And if my dad was here, he would tell you that that's what he did. He was a very strict disciplinarian growing up. He didn't let anything slide. And that was a good dad raising me up the best way he knew how. Now, Part of my psyche, part of my believing system as a believer, as a young believer in my mid-20s when I got saved, was that if I messed up, I was going to get it from God. I mean, I really walked around thinking, I walked around on eggshells seemingly, not wanting to mess up. Now, 
Is that the right way, right frame of mind to have? No, no, not at all. I felt like that person who was living their life, but at any moment, that hammer could come crashing down on top of my head. And I'm not talking about a little, you know, rubber mallet. I'm talking, it was a sledgehammer ready to come down on my head. The kind of hammer that you use to pound in stakes into the ground. Alex knows what I'm talking about, you know, and and it was going to crush me. That's what I thought. But thank goodness the word of God helped me to understand the plan and purpose he had for my life. I look back at those times and I realize I just didn't have the proper understanding of God's grace. Everybody say that, God's grace. Where would we be without God's grace? Because all of us here don't deserve it. The, the Bible calls his grace, it's, it's unmerited favor. It's something you and I don't deserve. Well, you and I deserve to be put on that cross, just like Jesus did, pay for our own sins. But Jesus said, no, I'm going to the cross for you. And I'm going to pay the price for your sins, no matter how many spankings you got. No matter how many times your dad had to take you aside and yell at you and say, I didn't raise you to blankety blank, blank, blank. Right? You guys are all smiling like you all had that conversation too. All right. But here's the thing. I know I'm speaking to someone today. We may be few here today. There may be some more watching us online, listening to this. But listen, I know I'm speaking to someone today who views God not as this God of grace, but as a God of judgment only. And I want to remind you, that's not the God we serve. Yes, he does have a judgment that is coming. But as believers, he doesn't condemn you any longer. And that's I'm going to talk about that next week. Today, I want you to realize he has set you free. Sin no longer has a grasp on you. Amen. Say this with me. God has set me free. God has set me free. Every day when you wake up, you should be able to just say, thank you, Lord. You have set me free from my sins. I don't have to sin anymore. I don't have to choose. I'm not a slave in bondage any longer. You know, the question I have for you today is, does sin still have a grasp on you? For the next few moments, I want to tell you, as a believer in Christ, sin should no longer have a grasp on you. So let me repeat that question. Does sin still have a grasp on you? Does it, does it still call your name? For those things that you know you never or, or no longer partake in, does it still whisper your name and call your name? Maybe you need to be set free of that today. Maybe today you just need to be reminded of whose you are. Amen? Well, I want to give you real quickly just a few points on on what it is that God has done for you and I. The first one is our new life. Everybody say new life. New life. life. Just the sound of it. New life. When we see a precious little baby and we see this new life, you know what you and I think of when we see a precious baby? We think of the hopes, the future that that baby has. That baby has to look forward to in this world. All these hopes and dreams from the parents uh, to what that, per- that person, that baby may become. And, and you hope for nothing but the best as a parent. That's just something that you wish for every child you have or your grandchildren. You, you hope and desire the best for them. 
And the same thing spiritually. When we receive Christ and we begin this walk, this new life, it's being called born again. It's being called receiving Jesus. All these different terms refer to your new life. Again, everybody say new life. We have this new life. In fact, verse 2 of the text we just read, and I'm going to be referring back to it. But it says this, we are those who have died to sin. We've died to it. Can I remind you that if you're a believer and you've been baptized, it's symbolic when you go down in the water that you are buried down there. You're leaving the past behind. And when you raise up, the new nature is rising up with you. The new nature, the Christ nature is rising up. If you need to get baptized to, to, not to forgive your sins, but just to symbolically bury those sins, let me know. I'll be happy to baptize you. But we are those who have died to sin. We're no longer alive to sin. It's dead. It's no longer a part of my life. The following verse, verse 3 said, we were baptized into his death. So what does that mean? It means since power is broken over you, that, that calling of that sin to you, that desire should, should be broken over you. If not, we need to continue to press in and pray. We need to pray that the blood of Jesus would, would be over you. Amen? Amen? Sin, sin's nature is buried. And I want to remind you, though, at times, that old nature will want to pop up every now and then. I don't care how holy and, and sanctified you think you are. Sometimes you need to step on that old nature because that old nature will come up in your speech, in your language to your loved ones, in your acts towards others. That old nature, when you see it popping up, step on it. Because if you allow it, it'll take advantage of you. It's like that weed growing in your newly planted garden. How many don't like weeds, right? You don't like weeds. None of us do. I don't like weeds in my newly planted garden. And they'll sprout up and they'll take over that whole garden if you don't watch it. Sin will swallow you. You have to step on it. You have to eliminate it from your life. But here's the great news with our new life. We are no, it no longer has a hold on us. This is why when we're tempted to do the things that we used to do, they shouldn't have the same allure. If you're faithfully reading the Word of God, if you're faithfully attending church, if you're faithfully giving of your time and talents, which all of you here do, sin shouldn't be pulling at you. Sin shouldn't be the same allure as it, as it was in the past. This is the new life that we found in Jesus Christ. This is the born-again experience. It's, it's the life that chooses victory, that accepts the freedom, receives that salvation. Amen? How many are thankful for new life? Amen? Amen. So not only do we have new life, but our second point is we have a new nature. Everybody say new nature. New nature. Verse 5 of that text says that we are united with Christ in his death and his resurrection. We are now one. With Christ, we too will die. See, this is the life of a believer. We are going to die twice. Amen. And you die, you, you die. Typically, this is how you do it. You die to sin the first time and you say yes to Jesus and then you physically die. We die twice as believers and we resurrect. Amen. 
And, uh, and that's the truth. We are going to die and be resurrected again, just like Christ was. We'll have a new body. How many can't wait for that new body? Amen. And everybody over the age of 39 said, Amen. <laughs> Amen. Our old evil desires, the old man, the old woman who used to be in bondage to sin, and also our love for sin. Because, again, if you think about it, when you were out there doing what you were do, doing, doping, gambling, drink, whatever it was, you fill in the blank, you love to do it. You know, uh, let's face it, sin is fun for a season, but there is a payment. There is a payment plan with sin. When you're drunk, the payment is the very next day. You got to pay with a hangover. Why do you think that is? God has a plan, right? He says, if you're going to get out of control, you're going to pay on my payment plan. And that's part of the process. Whatever it was that had you in bondage, there was a, a penalty for that. But thank God we are no longer in bondage to sin. Our love of sin has died with Christ because we now have a new nature. With new nature, or with a new nature, comes new desires. Amen? I just touched on the fact that weeds sprout out, and we gotta, we got to remove those. With our new nature, we see things around us, and, and we're exploring, we're, we're, we're just in... In this amazing part of, of, of us are just amazed at, at our new life, that we're given second chance or a third chance or even a fourth or fifth chance. Amen. Some of us are on our 22nd chance. 1,000 chance. Amen. Now, we have this new nature that's in fellowship with God Almighty. And we are free from the grasp of sin that used to hold us. Oh, I could tell you story after story of the hold that sin has or had on me or had on you. You could share with me the things that sin would cause you to do that had you in bondage. And no longer are you a slave to sin. Amen. No longer because of your new nature. You have new desires. Amen. We, we count ourselves in verse 11. We count ourselves dead to sin. But instead, we are alive to God in Christ Jesus Christ, in Christ Jesus. See, I, I no longer desire to go out and rob, cheat, or steal, or to get high, or, or my language. Whatever it was that made you and I this, a slave to sin no longer has that power over us. And that's a great thing. Can I get an amen? I may not be perfect. You may not be perfect. But we are all a work in progress. Amen. All of us are a work in progress. Can I just remind you right now when you do mess up? Because while I'm on that topic, again, you're not perfect. But when you do mess up and, and, and something is said, just real quickly put that fire out and just say, hey, look, I need you to forgive me. I was wrong. I'm sorry. Why let it continue? Why let it fester? Amen. God wants you to have control over that. See, the thing is, when we were slaves to sin, we were, we were in bondage. Now we're slaves to righteousness. We serve a different master. We serve God Almighty. And in order to be a slave to righteousness, we got to do the things that lead to righteousness. And forgiveness is one of them. Amen. The things I used to love to do that were sinful were an abomination to God. 
I no longer desire to do these things. Amen. Because I have a new nature. But here's what's extremely important for you and I. You and I need to see ourselves as dead to sin. We need to see ourselves unresponsive to the old sinful nature and alive to the new spiritual nature. You can't just read it in your Bible and say, okay, that's a nice scripture. You have to see yourself as dead to sin, that, that whatever that temptation was, it can no longer affect you. You can see that in your mind. Well, that has no power over me. I now have the power of righteousness working in me. See, your goodness can only get you so far. Have you figured that out? Your goodness, your righteousness only works so far. And then that's when the power of the Holy Spirit has to step in and carry you the rest of the way. If you don't believe me, just read the footprints, footprints poem. That's what that's all about. God picks you up and carries you during those times when your strength is run out. And he carries you through that so that you can get to the other end. Amen. Don't forget that. You and I need to see ourselves as dead and unresponsive to our old sin nature and alive to the new spiritual nature that you now have. And then the third and my final point is this. We have a new freedom. We have a new freedom. Everybody say that with me. New freedom. How many were like me when I first came to church? I thought it was about, oh, now I don't have any freedoms. Now I can't do nothing. How many thought that way, right? Some of us think that way, and it just blows my mind that we actually think that. We have so many more freedoms now because we're not in bondage anymore. God has set you free. And that is just such a, a powerful concept to understand when you first become a believer. Verse 12, referring back to this, says, Do not let sin control you. Do not allow what used to control you, control you any longer. So how do I do that? That's the big $99 question. Pastor, how do I not go to that refrigerator when I know I promised myself after seven, I wasn't going to go back into that refrigerator because that nice glazed donut is in there staring at me. <laughs> or for me, a cheese Danish. <laughs> well, number one, you have to identify your personal weakness. If chocolate cake's a, a personal weakness, don't put a chocolate cake in your refrigerator. How's that? Give it away to your neighbor. Give it away. Be a blessing to somebody. And say, here you go. I just wanted to bless you. And you're being a blessing to yourself. If that's your issue. Whatever the issue might be. Secondly is recognize the things that tempt us. If every one of us listed the things that tempt us, we could spend an, another hour right here just talking about those things because what tempts you may, tempt, may not tempt somebody else and vice versa. And we could be here all day talking about those things that tempt us. We'll recognize those things and then stay away from sources of temptation. If you, don't, if you have a sweet tooth and you, you, you are promising yourself, don't go to the bakery. But Pastor Rick, it's so hard. Well, you got to figure it out. You got to ask God to help you. Be your strength. God, be my strength. Help me to just walk by that luscious looking cheese Danish. Help me to just continue to, well, well, okay, I'll just get a little bite and that's it. And then stop right there. Stop. 
Don't go on, but it's better if you just keep going. Let me just tell you right now. Practice self-control. That's the other part. Practice self-control. That's with our mouth. That's with our indulgences, whatever it is that we may be weak in. And then the final one on do not let sin control you would be to learn to lean on God's strength. God is giving you his strength. He is saying to you, and so this is why you can, and I can declare, when I am weak, he is strong. How many have felt weak before? You know, to temptation, to, to just physically, spiritually, we all have. But yet, understand this, when you are weak, that's when God steps in. Have you invited him in? Have you said, Lord, I'm weak right now. I'm weak to temptation. This is tempting me right now. Or Lord, I don't have any more stamina spiritually, physically. I've run out. I need you to be my strength right now. When was the last time you said that? When was the last time you said, Lord, help me right now. I need your help right now. He's asking you that when you are weak, he is your strength. He's asking you, well, are you going to ask me? Because the Lord's a gentleman. How many know that? The Lord will not do anything you do not ask him to do. He will not come in uninvited. Just because he sees the need, he wants you to acknowledge it and say, Lord, I need you right now. I need your strength. And that leads us to what it says in verse 13. Give yourselves completely to God. See, One of the things that we learn in life is that we are giving ourselves completely to something in this life. Um, In the past, it may have been sin. Uh, Whatever it is, you have given your life completely over to something. Sometimes when you're a business owner, you devote all of your life and all your resources, your talent, everything goes into your business. I don't even know what I'm talking about. You pour your life into that. So you're giving yourself to something at some point in your life. I want to challenge you. Give yourselves completely to God. Who or what are you giving yourself to right now? What are you giving yourself to? You see, you and I are going to serve something or someone. Why not make it God? Choose God. You won't go wrong. Give yourselves completely to God. Asking Him to put you to good use for His glory. That's what I love about our church. Everyone here, to my knowledge, has always at some point said, Pastor Rick, what can I do to help you? Or what can I do around here? All of you have said that. And that's amazing as a pastor because we do count on you for help, especially our church for setting up, tearing down every Sunday. That is so much needed here. Helping with our audio, with our PowerPoints, all that is desperately needed here. You are giving God the glory by serving in his kingdom. Amen. And then verse 14 says, you are free. This new freedom, we discover that we're free. The word said, Christ will now be your power to overcome sin. You you figured out that you tried it. You tried quitting smoking on your own. You tried quitting this or you tried quitting that and you couldn't do it. But now you're saying, Lord, I need your help. And that's when God steps in and helps you to overcome. Amen. What he accomplished on the cross is sufficient for whatever sin you are facing. 
For every attack from the enemy, every fiery dart that is thrown your way, he is sufficient to extinguish it. Amen? You have been set free from your sins. And in closing, I want to read to you what J.C. Ryle, an Englishman and one of the greatest Bible teachers of the 18th century said. Listen to these words. To be born again is to enter into a new existence. It is to have a new mind, a new heart, new views, new principles, new tastes, new affections, new likes, new dislikes, new fears, new joys, new sorrows, new love to things that you once hated, new hatred of things you once loved. New thoughts of God, new thoughts of yourself, new thoughts of the world, new thoughts of the world to come, and new life in Christ. How many would agree with that? Amen. How many have seen that in your life that because the new nature has now come and made residence in you, that you now have new desires? You should as a believer, you should have a dislike, a strong dislike for some of the things you used to do. That tells you that you are truly born again. That God's grace is at work in your life. Amen. Amen. Walking in fellowship with God Almighty is the best choice you and I will ever make. It's why Christ went to the cross willingly. It's why Christ had you in mind when he went to that cross. He loves you and wants to remind you today child of God, man or woman of God, he wants to remind you today, you are free from the grasp of sin. It no longer has control of you. You can say no in the name of Jesus and walk away with that. Walk away from that in the name of Jesus, in the power of his name. I want to invite you to stand at this time as we close. Thank you, Jesus. How many are thankful for new life? Raise your hand. If you're thankful for freedom from sin, that you no longer are a, in bondage to sin. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Lord, we come to you this afternoon and we thank you for your amazing grace, for your love towards us. Thank you that your word is so clear, Lord, that it reminds us that you have set us free from, from sin, that I am no longer in bondage to sin, that we no longer have to serve the master of unrighteousness, of evil desires and so forth, that you've given us this new nature, this new life, this newfound freedom, Lord, where we can now live for you and we can live with a smile on our face and we can wake up the next day with no regret, that we can go on every day, Lord, living for you and, Lord, not living with regrets like was in the past. Father, what a blessing that is. What a, what a freedom that is. It's such a freedom to know that we can love you and learn from you each and every day. Now, Father, today as, as we close, I pray, Father, your blessing upon each one. Maybe there was somebody here, somebody that's watching that has had a, a skewed view on the Lord's love for, for them. And I pray, Lord, right now, Lord, that you would reveal yourself to that individual 
that they would not be walking around in fear of you, Lord, but rather in delight, that they would delight in you, Lord, that they would recognize that, God, you are a God of grace, a God of mercy, a, a God that loves each and every one of his children. And I pray, Father, that as you speak to that person right now, remind them that you love them. Remind them of the price you paid on the cross for each of them. God, we love you and thank you today. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name, amen. And Lord, as always, we pray a blessing over each and every one here today. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Have a great Sunday. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.